Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in, and I hope you've been staying warm. We've had some winter issues in this part of the world, but seem to be on the uptick now. Actually going to manage to go for one of our little walks down the dirt road, which we haven't been able to do in a while. I have one puppy dog out here. And, uh, it is a little chilly though, so let's see how long this lasts. We may have to go back in by the fire. For those of y'all that continue to Share the podcast with others. Tell people about it. And I'm incredibly grateful. Uh, we've had the biggest month that we've had in the last year and a half plus on the podcast recently. As far as downloads go. So thank y'all because you must be telling somebody about it. <laughs> uh, for those of y'all that are over on Patreon getting the extra podcasts, financially supporting the podcast. I'm incredibly grateful for you all. Lord, thank you for the time to record this podcast. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for the people who listen to the podcast and share it. Help us to help our country turn back to you. Help us to do your will each day. Guide my words. Forgive us our sins individually and as a nation. And just be with us, Lord. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So we're going to talk about, I guess I started to say that we're going to talk about something that's a little bit controversial, but I guess in reality, sadly, these days we talk about something that... uh, is controversial almost every single podcast, Uh, and it shouldn't be. Uh, The vast, vast majority of the quotes that we look at, the history we look at, we talk about applies to society today, did not be controversial. Uh, That's a note, but it be a data it's what made our institutions great, made our nation great, and we don't have that today. It's a comment by a radio commentator years ago that I actually heard um, scanning through the radio, which I don't do anymore. Uh, maybe I should, but he made the comment, he said, uh, one of the things that really irritates people, motivates them. He was, it was during an election cycle. I don't even remember what one this was really was years and years ago, but he said, people are tired of defending what shouldn't have to be defended. And so today this, this topic definitely falls in that category. And that's this, 
this relationship between men and women, but even more so, why godly women are so important to our nation. What an important role that they play. Because you've started the past few years to hear about uh, how dangerous the concept of toxic masculinity is. And that's true. It is. Absolutely. And, uh, and I applaud the people that talk about it. I, I try and talk about it on here as it comes up. But uh, attacking men for being men is is truly devastating. But the really insidious thing over the last 60 years, maybe a little more, a little less, is that even more than attacking and hurting men, what feminism has really done, and this is the really nasty little secret about it, is that it has really hurt women. And we're going to try and unpack that today a little bit. But this modern feminist movement, which has really been around, a lot of people like to say modern feminist, and they mean, at least in their own heads, the last you know 10 or 15 years. But that's really, that's really not it, folks. It's really a movement that started somewhere between 50 and 70 years ago, depending on what you look at. And so we're going to start off with a couple quotes out of the Patriots Bible. I'm a big fan of this resource. I talk about it often, along with the Founders Bible and America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. I say this, I don't, I don't feel like I can say it often enough. These books, I, I highly recommend you get at least one paper, you know, hardback copy for your house. And they should absolutely be required primary textbooks in every single classroom uh, across the nation that's publicly funded. Because you can't have publicly funded education in America that's not Christ-centered unless your plan is to weaken and and destroy the country. Or maybe not your plan, but that's that's what's happening. That's that's whether it's your plan or not, that's what happens when you take God and Jesus Christ and the Bible out of publicly funded education in America. So this is a quote from Billy Graham. A number of y'all are probably familiar with him and I'm just going to read these couple paragraphs here this is the introduction to Ruth in the Old Testament like Ruth of the Old Testament women of steadfast loyalty and faith have been key to America's strength one such woman was Ruth Bell Graham wife of America's beloved 20th century spiritual leader, Dr. Billy Graham. Throughout their life together, Dr. Graham often emphasized how vital his wife was to his own success, noting that my work through the years would not have 
or would have been impossible without her encouragement and support. For her own part, Mrs. Graham's quiet commitment to her God and her family reflected the determination of her biblical namesake to follow the God of Israel. Mrs. Graham once explained, I must faithfully, patiently, lovingly, and happily do my part, then quietly wait for God to do his. That same faithfulness was what led the widowed and desolate Ruth to become the wife of Boaz and a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. So, uh, real quick, just to go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, so, th- so this idea, not real quick actually, the importance of women at home, and, and I've heard this comment made a number of different ways by a number of different people, but there, there really isn't any more vital role than your role in your family. Uh, there's always going to be some exceptions, but by and large, and Teddy Roosevelt has a great quote about this when he's talking about family values and the fact that just because uh, a few really extraordinary individuals uh, managed to cheat on their spouses, he said, that doesn't make it okay. He said, if that was the norm, it would destroy society, he said. and uh, He does, I need to bring that quote back, but basically he was saying, just because a few people get away with it, doesn't mean that it's something that we should aspire to or that we should even condone, basically. And so for the vast, vast, vast majority of individuals, there is no greater role than being a husband or wife and then a mother or father, right? And all of this plays into serving God and Jesus Christ. But these roles are so important and they're so different. They're not the same. We have different roles and responsibilities. And pretending that we can interchange men and women, that we can exchange them whatever our whim is, whenever we want, has caused just unbelievable, untold damage to the family and therefore the nation and to men and women individually, to children. I mean, it's just, it's so destructive. And so what I started to say a while ago is, and we've got a little drizzle starting to pick up, so our walk may get cut short uh, because it is, after all, borderline freezing. I hated that weather in the Marine Corps. I'm getting off track here, folks, but I would rather have been much colder with snow than that temperature hovering right around freezing, but it was still rain. It just made it miserable to be out in the field and everything got wet. Everything was cold and heavy and there was nowhere to go. You weren't going to get warm anytime soon. It was it was just miserable. And so I, I have a huge amount of gratitude for uh, primarily, we're talking about roles of men and women, primarily the men that are out 
working on electricity, out working on roads, uh, out protecting us in this weather. Uh, it's just, it's a job that doesn't get thanked often enough. So for those of you listening that fill one of those roles, uh, know how grateful I am for you. And for those of you that are in our military and law enforcement that stand between us and darkness all the time, but especially on uh, in weather like this, uh, know that you have an overwhelming, overwhelmingly grateful heart uh, here and many others. So what I was going to get to, though, what I started off this little thing is, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. Does this mean that I think that all women should be barefoot and pregnant and home, never get to go outside the house? And, uh, uh, you know, the, the stereotypical response of the left, you know, you just want women to be uh, controlled and course they meet it in a nasty way right berated belittled by their husbands you talk about submissiveness in the bible when you really look at both halves submissiveness in the bible is a command from the wife to the husband just like the husband is to jesus christ and you've got to have both parts working it uh, a marriage doesn't work if the husband doesn't put the wife first and doesn't love nourish and cherish the wife, just like Jesus Christ did for the church. By the same token, if the wife doesn't submit to the husband, the marriage doesn't work. You've got to have a head of the household, just like Jesus Christ was head of the church. And so I just wanted to go ahead and roll through that because I'm sure that I will get somebody comment <laughs> about how sexist and misogynistic and et cetera, et cetera. But let me, let me tell you what I do know. What I do know, I, I can't tell you what it's going to look like in each of your lives. I don't know that it's going to be different. It's not going to be exactly the same. Uh, I have, friends that have taken different paths that I would make the argument are fulfilling God's roles and those paths look pretty different. All I can tell you is this. I can tell you three things. One, what God says in Titus chapter two and Ephesians about the roles of a godly woman and the roles of a wife and a husband in marriage. That's true. The second thing I tell you is your priorities have to go God and Jesus Christ. Then to the husband, if you're a wife or a wife, if you're a husband and then to yourself. And, and you notice that the husband and the wife, uh, but particularly this is about godly women. You notice that the role, you know, but, but it works for both spouses. If your spouse doesn't come before children and work your priorities are out of line as a husband if you're not putting your wife before your work before your children something's wrong as a wife if you're not putting your husband before your work before your children something's wrong and then the third thing is that men and women aren't the same and you look at you read genesis 
You read Jesus' comments about cleaving together, becoming one. You know, we're different. It's, it's, we're two different halves. The three-legged wolf just came running in from the cold and the rain, too, standing up on the porch. And, and we're made different by God on purpose. He made us that way to complete each other, to complement each other, to make each other stronger, better. And so we got a little bit left here, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna read just a little bit of these passages. This is from Titus chapter two, duties of the older and the younger. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage their young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. So you see there uh, just three things right off the bat that go completely against what modern society says. The husbands come first before the children. Uh, they work at home and they are subject to their own husbands. Right. But that's what it says. And, and that's the way our nation was founded. That's the way our family units have worked, regardless of whether you believe uh, in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, which I can't recommend enough. We've talked about that on this podcast a number of times, folks, but it doesn't matter. I got this argument from somebody online recently about uh, freedom of religion. Freedom of religion is a completely separate topic than the fact that we're a Christian nation. Except in this, you can't have true freedom of religion except in a Christian republic. You go to communism, socialism, then the state becomes a religion and it accepts no other gods beside the state. You go to a Buddhist, Hindu, or an Islamic nation and you see what happens to other religions. The only place where you're given the freedom to actually reject God or choose a false God is in a Christian republic because God gives us free will, including the free will to reject him or choose something false. And so as a Christian nation, with our principles at heart, whatever you choose, whatever your relationship with God is, that doesn't diminish one iota your responsibility to function according to the principles of Christianity in this nation, and this being one of them. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible in all things. Show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Two things here that really come out to me today in modern society for the men, just while we're talking about it, is an example of good deeds. We're supposed to be an example for others, to lead by example. The Marine Corps always hammered on that, lead by example. Well, if you're going to lead by example, then you've got to do what's right. And the second thing is sound in speech. I can't tell you how many times I have seen just in the recent years watching my children grow up and the activities that they've been involved in, namely sports, honestly, where grown men 
act in a way that is so shocking and shameful that I've even had young kids come up to me and ask me about that. Why do these men act this way? I don't understand this. Do they not know that we can see them? Do they not see all these kids in the, in the community watching them, acting like a fool out on a court or a field, screaming, yelling, jumping up and down, getting kicked out in the stands? That's not sound speech, and it's certainly not an example of good deeds. Let me see. Yeah, we're done. The bottom line here is, folks, if we don't have godly women in this country raising our next generation, loving their husbands before that, serving God before both of those, we're going to fail. And we can make the same comment about men, uh, and we need to. And, and we'll come back and talk about that sometime, although I spent a pretty good bit of time talking about it today. In both cases, folks, our order of priorities, again, it has to be God and Jesus Christ, then our spouse, and then everything else. Children, country, family, work. And, uh, and us not doing that, us pretending that men and women are interchangeable, us pretending that we don't have God-given roles to fulfill, that's caused a lot of heartache, and it still is. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.